Welcome back. It is now 20 minutes to five. You're with Radio Veritas. The program is changing gear. Uh, Let me give you just, uh, uh, I've been speaking about the address given by Archbishop uh, Peter Wells to at the opening of the Bishop's plenary session in Pretoria and then Archbishop uh, Brislin. But Archbishop Brislin's address was broadcast directly and live through Radio Veritas, so I just gave a few points from it. But challenging us, really, giving us hope and telling us we have a great task, and that we have uh, a great responsibility to South Africa, uh, as uh, not only as humans, but as Catholics in a special way. Now, some of the points also that came up, you know, at the bishops' meeting, so many um, things have to be discussed. It really is quite an exhausting eight days. Uh, we have beautiful liturgies together, that is true. We share meals together. Of course, it's great to meet your fellow bishops. We share our problems together and our joys, uh, and we pray together. Uh, but we listen to uh, reports coming, and I'll just give you a few points that came up. Uh, a few of them may interest you. First of all, uh, from the Department of Liturgy and Catechetics, Bishop Risi, um, uh, just to say that uh, uh, a number of new books have just been printed and been issued. And for some of you, you may be very interested in these. First one is the Confirmation Book. Uh, that is, for for young people or people, indeed, preparing for confirmation, there are two uh, books. There's a teacher's manual and then there is the student's book. Uh, these are now available. And uh, Sister Pat, who was with you on Radio Veritas frequently, I'm sure she's spoken about it. Uh, she is one of the authors of this. So that book is available. Also available after a long preparation time is what is called here a compendium, a collection of healing prayers and rituals. Now, again, there are two books here. One is for use by priests and deacons because certain ceremonies are reserved to priests and deacons. And then there is a second book uh, for, again, for uh, uh, healing prayers and services uh, to be conducted by uh, groups of laity. So those books are available. I'm looking at the one I hold in my hand now, the Compendium of Healing Prayers and Rituals for Use by Priests and Deacons. And under the Healing Prayer, for example, you will find healing of memories and inner healing, many prayers, prayers for physical healing and spiritual healing, prayers for deliverance, prayers for healing of relationships, uh, prayers in cases of infertility, infertility, prayers for parents in situations of distress, uh, prayers for victims of abuse, healing from different kinds of killings, prayers for protection, uh, repentance prayers, prayers in time of bad weather and natural phenomena. I'm sure down in the Cape they could do something about that, praying for, and the bishops continually during their session prayed for the Cape and for water. And then then there is uh, uh, prayers for healing in society in general uh, against racism. And then there's a whole section on blessings, These are generally administered by a priest, blessing of an expectant mother, blessing of parents, blessing of those suffering from addiction, uh, blessing before surgery, uh, blessing of places, schools, health facilities, blessing of things, articles of devotions, and so on. Then there are a number of healing services. 
uh, the healing touch of God. In other words, if a priest is conducting, these are rather long and would involve uh, a community, a parish, uh, praying together uh, for uh, asking the Lord, heal us, Lord, a rite of anointing of the sick, rite of laying on of hands on one sick person, vote of mass for the sick, uh, anointing and ministration of viaticum. Then there are services of reconciliation. And during this coming Lent now, this will be something very useful to our priests and deacons, uh, reflections on parts of the scripture that would indeed uh, help us to repent and come back to the Lord. So these are new books coming out of that department. Then in the seminary department, you know, I think the highest number of students ever uh, for the priesthood at St. John Vianney Seminary uh, will be uh, coming back to the seminary tomorrow, Friday. The seminary reopens tomorrow. Uh, and uh, this year there'll be a hundred and uh, around just under a hundred and sixty one six not a hundred and sixty young men who are studying for the priesthood. And there are, of course, another 23 young men living in religious houses outside, belonging to religious congregations, who will also attend. So at St. John Vianney Seminary, 180 uh, students uh, will be attending lectures, and they are preparing to become priests. So please do pray for them. We need priests so much, and we need good priests. And we pray, like, for the staff there that will be able to guide these young men, and that that they go there with a proper intention, proper motivation. They're being called by Jesus to do the work of the Lord. That they go there and open their hearts. That they live a life that is disciplined. A life that is uh, centered on serving others. A life that respects the great, uh, the great virtues of our Christian faith. A life of prayer. A life of uh, chastity. A life of, uh, of, of caring for others. A life of... Uh, of community. Um, let us pray very much. Young men studying for the priesthood need, I can tell you, a lot of prayers. And please do pray for them as they return tomorrow. Now, as you know, there is a spiritual year, a special seminary in Cape Town, St. Francis Xavier. And there are 27 at the moment, 27 applications uh, who have been received uh, to start the journey. If all those 27 were to come to a Pretoria next year, uh, at the moment there would not be enough space. So during this year, uh, the bishops would have to do something about extra buildings or something uh, to uh, provide education for all our uh, students. Another thing that is maybe a bit shocking but necessary in the world that we live in today, that all seminarians and especially all those starting this year must have a police clearance before they are accepted in the seminary because it's a, a very high priority. And the Catholic Church, believe it or not, is the world leader in this. Uh, we must have uh, people who are in these positions who have uh, great respect for women and children and that there is no scandals and there is no damage done to people by their leaders who are meant to lead them to Christ. So pray for our, our young people, but they need police clearances before being accepted. We also spoke about the deacons and the bishops at the moment, uh, being held by um, Deacon Carroll from Johannesburg, are trying to work on formulating a common program. That has not been agreed upon 
upon or finalised yet, but uh, it's a work in progress uh, to get, you know, a uniform uh, uh, model of training for deacons throughout the country. Also, uh, the bishops approved a human formation document in the seminary. You know, uh, to be a priest is to be a person who is mature, a person who is honest, a person who is able to forgive, a person who is able to relate. And these are fundamental human uh, qualities that are necessary for every single person in the country. But they are needed uh, when, uh, uh, as we go towards the priesthood because there's dangers of selfishness and all the vices that are part of our human nature uh, so that uh, young people have to grow, they have to be accompanied, they have to relate, they have to be able to share, they have to be honest and, that, uh, and uh, the formators then are supplied with a document uh, which will guide them in how to guide and see and discern uh, signs of human formation in our young people. Uh, the report from the uh, the Board of Education, uh, Catholic Education, you know, uh, we, again, once more, we congratulate our Catholic schools on the matric uh, exam results. The national pass rate was 73 or just on the 74 percent. In the Catholic schools, the pass rate was 87 percent. So we congratulate all our schools and wish them every blessing as a new year rolls in to be Again, uh, uh, you know, we report that uh, tremendous efforts are being made by groups like CIE, who are wonderful people. Uh, they are involved in uh, ensuring that the religious character of our Catholic schools is somehow maintained, uh, you know, by um, making our Catholic schools child-centered, community-conscious, aware of our tradition, uh, in, in invitation to prayer and to reach out to God, respect for people of other religious faiths and respect for all people, uh, teaching our young people uh, the, the virtue of hospitality, especially in this uh, racially rent country. We need hospitality to all. Again, in the Department of Laity, Bishop de Groof uh, is the bishop there from Bethlehem, but there's many, many uh, projects and groups work, working under this department. There's the Catholic uh, Liaison Office in Parliament, you know, uh, Father Peter John Pearson uh, in Cape Town. They are their their work is to work with the parliamentarians and to work with Parliament and to work with the issues that are arising in Parliament. And they're extremely active, you know, presenting papers, uh, inviting dialogue with many of the parliamentarians and government ministers, uh, making the Catholic uh, uh, point of view available. You know, when bills are being prepared, when uh, new uh, ideas are being promoted in Parliament to be there as the Catholic voice and they have a very very important role to play uh, so they are doing great work then there is Katka another group that reported Katka is dealing with health issues um, and they are, I know, for example, in, in, in Swanee and Pretoria, they have been extremely helpful in arranging for programs to offer free uh, testing uh, for non, in, in non-communicable 
diseases uh, in quite a number of parishes, which will be spreading more and more. So it's a work of, uh, you know, it's continuing the tradition of Jesus the healer, uh, which has always been a huge part of Catholic life. Then there is REAP, which is the Rural Education Access Programme. This is a programme I worked with quite a lot myself in the past. It's centred in Cape Town, but it covers the whole country, and it's dealing, as it as the, as the, the words say, with rural areas. You know, uh, as you go around the country, I worked in rural areas for most of my time, I could say in South Africa, both in all around Ladysmith and that whole area of Dundee, and then 17 years in the Eastern Cape and in Coxstad, and now in Pretoria, which also has quite a number of rural areas. But there you find schools, government schools too, and, and you will meet very brilliant young people who come from very poor backgrounds and who do magnificently in metric but cannot proceed. And the Rural Education Access Programme, that is making uh, tertiary education accessible, possible for uh, bright, poor, successful young people in our rural schools. At the moment, uh, we are supporting about 500 uh, people from all over the country. Again, then another report came from the department that deals with human trafficking. Uh, Sister there uh, conducts workshops all over the country, working uh, uh, in many dices, especially in our border areas. And this allows me to remind you that this day week on the 8th of February will be the feast day of St. Bakita. And St. Bakita from Sudan, who was a slave for many years, was eventually freed from torture, from terrible prosecution to become a wonderful saint. She is the patron saint of those who have been trafficked because she was trafficked herself. And so uh, this is something I hope in our parishes we speak about alerting people, parents and children to the dangers of being trafficked, that is being sold as a slave, being taken away from your family and country, being lost in some huge city and used as a sex slave or as a labour slave. Uh, And now the 8th of February this day week, please uh, pray every day until this feast, um, uh, remembering St. Bakita and remembering the tens of thousands, millions of people who are trafficked throughout the world. Now, another department with uh, uh, Bishop of Clerkstock, Bishop Palana, Victor Pictor, Victor, uh, spoke about, uh, we're dealing with ecumenism. You know, we have relationships with many of the wonderful churches in our country, the Anglicans, of course, uh, the Dutch Reformed Church. We are very close to them now in so many ways. Uh, the Methodists, of course, and last year in a very special way with the Lutherans and many others. Um, but this year, uh, Bishop Palana, uh, you know, sprang a beautiful surprise on us in that he had an interfaith day. So we sat down, sat around, uh, reflecting on the 200 years of Catholic life in Southern Africa and asked people of other faiths to reflect on the role of the Catholic Church as it has expressed itself in South Africa. And so we had input from uh, from Buddhist, from Muslims, from Hindus, from the Baha'i Church, uh, and many others. It was a beautiful uh, interchange. And as one listened to them, they spoke highly of the Catholic Church, 
but in doing so we saw their generosity of spirit and saw something of the good that they themselves uh, do. Uh, of course, um, Bishop Abel Gabuza is the head of the Justice and Peace Department. And the Justice and Peace Department, uh, you know, they range into all kinds of areas. You know, they are... They have a, a, quite a big department, and they, it is they who are responsible for many of the statements that are uh, that are put together for the bishops' conference. Uh, you know, it is they tell us that they, that they're working. For example, where there is any cases of oppression, of lack of freedom, and and so on. It, it, it is a very extensive program that uh, Archbishop or Bishop uh, Abel uh, uh, pioneers. And uh, Father Stan, the Dominican, who is secretary of the department, has been very active. They have, you know, spoken on behalf of the Catholic Church in many of the areas touching our country. So let us listen now to our next uh, hymn. It is There is a River. <laughs> 